Welcome back. You're listening to another episode of The Todd Donald Show, a weekly podcast where artists and performers go to chat about nothing. Hosted by Canadian singer-songwriter Todd Donald. Welcome, everyone. It's The Todd Donald Show now. (laughs) Yeah, so I'm laid on serving up this chat record. It was a very difficult guest booking, but alas, at the end of the day, I was successful in recording a conversation with my girlfriend. She is more importantly, or equally importantly, in the grand scheme for all of you to note. Uh, She is a veteran competitive artistic swimmer, a longtime competitive coach in that also. She recently graduated from Teachers College at Laurier U in Waterloo, and at this very moment is a couple of weeks into her full-time teaching gig in Joahaven, Nunavut. Submitted for your entertainment right now is a conversation between us from a month ago in the midst of our move out of the very apartment unit where all of the Todd's Cafe and Coffeehouse crowd conversations were recorded. So here y'all go. I did my best. My guest is Katie. Before I introduce my guest who's looking at me right now, as uh, any girlfriend wondering what the hell am I doing sitting here right now would look at a, at their podcasting partner. Uh, so this is the table that I recorded all of the Todd's Cafe episodes and all of the Coffeehouse Crowd episodes. That's roughly 75. I mean, the better, the lion's share of 100. Like 75 out of 100 is pretty much 100, mathematically speaking. It is a pass. <laughs> and... They were all recorded using this table in the apartment of Katie and I, which technically makes you a producer of the show. I did feel like a celebrity going out and people saying, hey, I've been to your house before. <laughs> hey, I like your art. And I'm like, I don't know you. That, that's another thing. A lot of these guests have been, have been subject to the beauty of the artwork that's been on the wall. The coffee thing, the, the, the most important of the... Three to seven things I just mentioned. I didn't keep track. For years, I was like, Tim Hortons. Yeah, get it in me. (laughs) Tim Hortons being my code word for any coffee will do. But no, you brewed your own coffee when I met you. We have a coffee maker here. I mean, the one that we used is being shipped up to story to come later. But the fact that I brew coffee now and I'm in love with uh, making it myself (laughs) is uh, because you brought that into our lives. The one of the first times was Detour Dark Roast, and I've raved the shit out of that roastery. Rich flavored coffee. It's become like the cornerstone of this podcast where I try to shove it into every conversation. And yet you've never been on the show. Yeah. <laughs> uh, not, not a lot of people would do this, getting meta with their, their partner as a guest on their podcast. But what do you think about the, the podcast, about all these people being over? And Well, I think it's a pretty cool thing. Like, I love how connected you get with the community and how people get so excited and you're really good at like figuring out what they want to talk about. And mm-hmm. you, you're good at asking the questions and getting them to open up. <laughs> yeah. Can I take credit for you listening to podcasts now? Partial credit? Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that and my long commutes to school. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Speaking of school and long trips, part of the whole reason that, that we're moving out of this apartment but, you know, I want the audience to know that more important than any podcast episode, the two years that I spent in this apartment was, was of course, being that it was the first uh, Katie and I's place. Thanks for being my partner. You rock. <laughs> <laughs>
Cha- <laughs> it, it's only now hitting me. Like I'm, I'm not just talking to my guests. I'm talking to my partner. <laughs> but I'm also looking to the eyes, listener, of uh, someone who's not wanting me to feel anything but comfortable. I want to be. I want to be a good host and a good partner right now by just being eloquent and good with my podcasting. <laughs> Um, it's different when it's your partner, right? Well, we, we, you and I don't have podcast conversations when it's like... No, that's true. Our, our waking up conversations, our dinner conversations are usually a lot more meaningful. And I'm just like, hey, be a nerd right now for me on commit. You have officially become an educator. You spent two years at... Uh, I, like I did my research um, <laughs> at Wilfrid Laurier's Teachers you College. You lived through it. Uh, Bachelor of Education. That's right. <laughs> According to my dean. <laughs> I don't know if a lot of people know the process, but between finishing all of the work, you're allowed to graduate, where you're headed, what's the basic process that you have to go through that you're at liberty to talk about? segue that into to what's going on like in our lives this uh we got a big transition coming up Mm -hmm. yeah so I finished my program in April and then I graduated or I had my graduation in June um and in that interim I applied for jobs like crazy and um I got in with a couple boards in Ontario as supply um but you know you and I you know I had been kind of talking about going out west and you've been supporting that um Mm. And I applied to Nunavut on a whim and because I didn't really expect to hear anything like it's yeah, most places get resumes a dime a dozen. Right. And Mm. um, then when I heard from them and I got an interview and then a job offer, that was pretty fast turnaround. I'm sure you remember that. Like it was within a week. Yeah. But once I finish my program, I can apply for jobs and then um, while that interim period between finishing classes and graduation, um, technically I'm not a fully certified teacher. Um, so some people do emergency supplies, some people volunteer, some people do other jobs unrelated. Like I did look at Indigo um, and I coached and that kind of thing, but it was a weird period. Um, I'm so used to working several jobs and going to school and then all of a sudden I'm working very sporadically. It was, uh, you know, I was, it was a rough transition. It was an interesting experience. Yeah. What reached out to you about none of it? Um, it was something different and it was, I was able to walk into my own classroom. Um, staying in Ontario, I would be a supply teacher for several years and there's a lot of benefits to that. But as someone who isn't fresh out of school, um, I felt and has a lot of experience working with kids. I kind of wanted to get my um, teaching started right away without it getting kind of dusty or cobwebby. Um, mm. So there was a lot of merit in going into my own classroom right away versus trying to remember what I was doing. Yeah, and it's just it's an adventure. Like it's it's a part of Canada that really down to here no one knows a lot about right like yeah. Nunavut is only 20 years old we forget how big Canada is right yeah it's pretty big mm-hmm. but you've been quite quite a way around it you've you've been up to the northwest and all through the middle like I've been to the far west <laughs> like where I was born yeah and I've been to the far east where my mom was born coast to coast you coast just need coast. and you're about to get the third coast in a couple yeah. months <laughs> Hey, Santa. The final frontier. <laughs> yeah. 
I'm very popular with the polar bears. Yeah. It's amazing. Yeah. Uh, no, I'm, I'm excited about it too. I feel like between the two of us, by now, we've heard the complete spectrum of reactions from people that we know. Like we know the people that are like, oh, immediately. Mm-hmm. We're like, we're going, we're going to Joe Haven, none of it. Oh my God, I'm so excited for yeah. you. That's a lot of money. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> going to be cold. Yeah. They're very glib. They, they, they just want to make their stance known, even though it's not their stance. It's just like, oh, I've heard it's cold. A lot of polar bears. Yeah. Well, I'm not sure if it's glib. I think it's more shock, right? Like it's their yeah. first response because they were so, that's so unexpected, right? How many people do you know that? go up to a territory that is the largest in Canada and the population yeah. is like that of a village. Yeah. <laughs> and then there's like a, a common subtext that I'm guilty of sometimes when, when you're faced with like someone's telling you something that's exciting to them and you're, you're feeling like, oh, well, I couldn't do it. And I resent you for just being confident about it. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? That, sure. Yeah. <laughs> she I, I was nodding her head. I, yeah. I didn't really think of it that way. I thought of it more of a... It was such a such it's such a shock to the system down here, right? Like you hear more people trying to get jobs in their local. Like people don't like to generally leave the area that they grew up in or like yeah. the province that they like. You know what I mean? It's especially you know in Ontario. Well, especially in Ontario, a lot of people will stay in Ontario. Yeah, right. But then you get some of those people who are like they otherwise would have felt that shock to the system, but they will already have known someone who's moved up to none of it or way up north. Oh, yeah. Everybody's got that friend, right? Oh, my friend went up there. You might meet them. That's like the equivalent of like, you know, going down to the States and they're like, oh, like, I know Billy from Canada. Do you know him? (laughs) Funnily enough, we do. Um, Before I go on to the next thing, I'm I'm thinking to myself like you went out with this again. You went you you met up with this dude a second time. <laughs> Enough with the self depreciation. You're pretty awesome. Yeah, self depreciation is funny. Your voice just cracked. <laughs> what was your opinion of me the first time that we met up, which was at a Starbucks in Hamilton? That you were very sweet and you were very kind, and I was very nervous, and yeah, you were very receptive to that. Did I go any place in conversation that was like, oh, this is what this guy's into? Any pop culture things? Yeah, we talked about music. You showed me your music. <laughs> did I? <laughs> yes, oh, that's did. sad. <laughs> I was like, well, this guy's confident. <laughs> I had to have had some sort of cojones to show you that music of mine that I wouldn't show anybody anymore. <laughs> I want to impress it with the fact that I do music. Here's a bunch of crappy shit I did. I hope you like it. That's interesting. I mean, we're here now, so... Yeah, well, you did something right. It worked out. <laughs> I was telling um, some friends the other day, um, we were, you know, you know, swapping swapping stories of, like, how you met your partner kind of thing. Yeah. And uh, I was telling him, do you remember when we went on our, like, I don't know if it was our first official date or something, and I wasn't sure if you were going to kiss me at the end of the night? Right. And you kind of didn't do anything, and I was, like, you know, doing that totally classic lingering in the car like i don't know what right. to do but it was so it was funny in hindsight right yeah and then i left went back to my apartment and then i came back and you were still in my drive in my driveway yeah because i can't figure out if i was like if i was lamenting that or i just was like i can't tell i don't know the signals <laughs> and then i was like maybe he didn't i missed it so i came back and then nope and then yeah i went back to my apartment i was like okay cool like he just wants to be friends that's cool whatevs 
Because yeah. we weren't, sh- I, you know, that awkward stage where you don't want to be yeah. like, hey, what is this? There's a window. Yeah, that window. And then I went up and I was like, okay, we're friends. Like, all right. Like, not what I was expecting, but like, that's cool. And then you called me later that night and was like, I missed the cue. Yeah. <laughs> well, it took me like a long time for my friends to point out to me all the times that I missed the signals. Yeah. <laughs> but you have to understand, like, there are certain things where I'm still the 13-year-old kid who was like, oh, is this something I'm concerned with now? Hormones and all that. And to be faced with situations that are unspoken dances, <laughs> like no word communication. Just Yeah, I was the exact same, though. I was like, I don't know what to do here. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> well, talking about this day and age, post-Trump, I, I feel like it made me better to do this thing where my inherent belief was that no one would ever want to touch this. And it dragged me through the mud, and I became a really shitty songwriter because of it, but I still became a songwriter. You know, that belief, it still kept me from doing all the things when they were unwanted. So if I missed every time that it was wanted, that's a small price to pay, I think, when you think of what we're going for as a world of people today. Well, and I like what, yeah, you were just like, can I kiss you? Like, yeah. That's called asking for consent. That's what I call, that's what I call smooth, baby. <laughs> okay, so back, back to Joe Haven. What, are, are there any, and I'm asking both as a podcaster and as a, as a partner, even though like we've talked about this before, but like, what are you looking forward to? And what are some things that you're not afraid about, but like concerned about? Some unknowns. I'm looking forward to trying something new. Um, it's a small, friendly community from what I've been told. So I'm looking forward to having that small town feel because where I grew up used to be like that and it's not so much anymore. Yeah. What's the number approximately? 1,300 people live there. Yeah. People I talk to are, are surprised to know it's a four-digit number. Yes. It's one of the bigger communities. Most of the communities are under 1,000. They're hamlets. Mm-hmm. Um, but... Yeah, I'm looking forward to that. I'm looking forward to learning about a new area and a new culture and a new part of Canada. To me, like it's one of the older ones. Like um, the Inuit have been there for thousands and thousands of years. Um, I'm looking forward to, yeah, classroom, new culture to learn. I want to try to learn the language. It's very difficult. I have a lot of respect for bilingual, for Anuktitut and English. Um, Other than that, well, and having a new place and... I'm excited to be working full time because it's well, it's not easy to go from having a career and you know a full income to living on like very minimal wages and a lot of debt and a lot of like student loans for two years. Um, so I'm looking forward to that. Um, I'm a little bit nervous. I mean, I'm really excited for the Northern Lights. Um, we yeah. will see that all the time. But I am nervous for the cold. I've never been in that kind of cold before. And I've never been, well, I've never been that far away from family. Yeah. Right? I don't, I know, well, I don't see my parents as often as yours, but (laughs) I see them fairly frequently. And yeah, so we'll see. I am excited to go there at the end of this year. And I'm excited to be part of this adventure too. That's as far as, if not further into the future than any, any human being should be looking. I do already know some stuff, 
about your resume, about your <laughs> prior career and education. I know you've been to school twice, once for... Three times. Three times. <laughs> well, no, no, no. I'm, I'm not counting because we talked about Teachers College. Oh, okay. I meant... Um, Two other times. <laughs> uh, before, before Teachers College, uh, you were in broadcast um, journalism. New media journalism, yeah. Where's my fact checker? <laughs> I'm right here. <laughs> okay, well then, no harm. Um, I did a postgraduate certificate at Sheridan in Oakville, the Trafalgar campus, in journalism, new media. Right. And you didn't feel like that was something you wanted to get into after? Um, no, I, I'm i glad I took the course. It was a year-long program, um, and I found that my strength was in documentary work and right. contextualization, which should not surprise you at all. Mm-hmm. Um, I struggled a little bit with um, news chasing. Um, it was it's important, but I was kind of I was in the program, you know, just at the height of like um, social media becoming a news channel. Right, and I got a little bit frustrated with. Um, I could see the blending from opinion into fact and it was just, you know, the start of echo chambers and the start of like everyone's a journalist. And I think everybody has a story to tell, but I think journalists uh, are trained in storytelling and they're trained in picking up facts and good journalists recognize their biases. And I was in, and I, like no disrespect to my friends from that program that are in media right now, but it's quite common to, um, see less and less of that yeah there's there's journalists right now that think that putting their word on a stand-up comedy special is a story yeah and well and like i think a mix it's a mix of so many different things it's the education system changing like like writing like the need like you, you need to be able to use basic grammar if you're presenting stories in written form to people right yeah um, and it's a mix of that. It's a mix of journalism staff becoming, they're getting cut all the time. It's a mix of like now that everybody's a journalist and you're becoming a brand, um, a lot of people expect you to do that kind of thing for free, right? So, right. like newspapers that were like 60 years ago seen as reputable sources now are working on skeleton stuff and you know we're all human so things are going to get missed and then when things get missed or things are reported in error people are going to pick up on that and be like see we can't trust them because of that one mistake right and then add in with that into the pot um they'll like you know if you're not first you're last kind of mentality and there was a rush of you need to get that news out first it was more important to be first versus correct right um, and that I was, yeah, I could see that starting to happen and starting to get really like become the norm. And uh, it's, it's, it's a dangerous recipe for like, people are no longer able to differentiate between what is considered a fact and what is considered an opinion. Right. Right. So I don't know. You know, from there, I'm just saying right now that like, you could have been a podcaster, you make no money <laughs> at it. Yeah. But you were like, no, I want a real career. I want to be an educator. I can be a good person. <laughs> it didn't help that like I loved like I, my documentary class was my favorite, and right. um, I wasn't. I'm not great on camera. I've got you know. I wanted to. I wanted to do a lot of radio work actually, but um, my program didn't have a lot of that mm. um, because well, the way that it's going, um, 
you like it's like it's like VJ. It's like you're right. making your own and you're videotaping. Like odd, like visual is becoming more of the norm. Not to say that there isn't radio spots, but it's not as common. Yeah. And uh, I just yeah, I like spending time going into the context of things. And a lot of news is like. There's not a lot. No one reads the bottom of the news article. Like the way that news articles go, it's the most relevant information first and works its way back. No one reads the bottom. They read the first three sentences to see what happened. And then you hear things like, oh, I wonder why that happened. And you're like, um, well, I feel like "Um, it's in there. Like read it because it's there. Like, (laughs) I'm not a genius. (laughs) Synchronized swimming. Has been like one it's of now called artistic swimming. Oh snap! <laughs> News story. I should we should have led with that. Crap. Artistic swimming includes elements such as synchronization. And yeah. <laughs> breath holding and 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 sync. Well, and the ability to swim. Yeah. <laughs> now this is something that goes as far back with you as as um, high school when you were. Elementary school. Competitive elementary school. Yeah. See, I'm learning that too. I probably knew that and forgot because I'm a bad person. <laughs> no. <But laughs> you've carried your passion for artistic swimming from from elementary school, doing it, learning it, being able to compete to generations and crops and crops of, of people doing it that you've coached as a fancy, important member of the swimming club. Of Burlington. I wouldn't say I was a big or fancy member. <laughs> that's, I'm, that's just boyfriend speak for I'm proud of you for that. But please, sorry, I spit everywhere. Um, it's, it's okay. It's your place too. You'll clean it up. <laughs> I'm kidding. It's all, it, I'm only spitting on my stuff anyway. Um, I've always been very proud to see what's come of it. The responses that you get from all these kids and the parents that are proud of you. How you persevere through some really stressful periods of people being encased together in competition mode. So tell me about that. So I have was first involved with, well, I call it synchronized swimming. I was just giving you a hard time. Okay. Um, it's technically called artistic swimming as of like two years ago. So it's the woke term for synchronized Apparently. swimming. Um, I was involved when I I joined a rec program when I was nine um, because I kept failing swimming lessons and I told my parents I was never going to return. And, you know, Mama Gandhi was like, that's not an option. We have a cottage. You need to learn how to swim. Mm -hmm. And so I was in rec. And um, from there, I was pulled into competitive tryouts at 10. So I made my first competitive team when I was in grade five. So I was 10, nine, 10 years old. Um, and I was kind of involved for the rest of, up until grade, yeah, I was involved for the rest of high school. Um, so from grade five up to grade 12, um, I swam, I learned a lot about resiliency. Um, I wasn't, I'm not a natural swimmer. I'm quite short. My legs are short. Um, I didn't know how to swim, so I feel bad for that coach. Now that I train coaches, I'm like, man, like that was me. I was that non-swimmer. Um, but, uh, yeah, I went from swimming, you know, like twice a week and I wasn't, I wasn't in love with the sport right away. It took me a while to kind of build up. And then all of a sudden, like, bam, like five years into training, I was finally like semi good at the sport and like finally like, you know, placing and stuff like that. Um, and most sports, like that's, that's a long buildup. 
<laughs> you all right there? <laughs> I had a yawn. I yeah. was trying to make it inaudible. <laughs> but instead, we talked about it. <laughs> um, yeah, I um, and I joined, like, I made them. Um, they're national, like the national team, like as in like the team that travels and yeah. competes nationally, not like Canada's national team. Um, and you know, I, I got involved with the community there and then I, yeah, I guess like the highlight of my swimming, my team came first at nationals when I was 15 in our category. No big deal. Yeah, I was, yeah. And, um, and then from there I started coaching. Well, I'd been coaching for a long time. Um, and then, yeah, that was my high school. And then come university, I took a little bit of a break. I swam one year. And then um, once I graduated and I was in that panic of like, you know, what do I do next? Mm-hmm. And I was moving back home like every single person I know now. Um, I contacted my old club and they had spots open. So I ended up, I landed myself coaching a team. And that was about like, that was 2011. So eight years ago. And I've been coaching pretty consistently ever since. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. What else you want to know? I could talk about synchro for a long time, as you know. <laughs> <laughs> this year, recently, was sort of your maybe not, f- but not forever, but pretty substantial, like sort of goodbye from the club. And I'm trying to be an expertly podcaster here, tying that back to the near future, going to none of it to become a teacher. You are starting up a blog. Mm-hmm. Going back to like you know, all the questions that we've been asked about, about Nunavut that nobody, you and really, I, yeah. yeah, that you and I, um, I thought it was a good way to kind of collect or curate all of our stuff or like all of our experiences, like pictures and, yeah. you know, sticker shock when we go to the grocery store for the first time and, um, <laughs> just learning and stuff. Like I, um, I think it would be a good tool and like something kind of fun to look back on, right? Like yeah. um, when I was preparing for the move, I did, you know me, I did a lot of research and I found a lot of, well, it's quite common for people to make blogs about that. Yeah. And I found it really useful to read up on people's experiences and tips and what they would have done differently kind of thing. Yeah. Um, that informed a lot of my decision making in getting ready to go. So I thought it would be nice to have a more updated one because some of the most recent ones were from like 2010, 2012. And um, as Nunavut is growing in population and more people are going to probably end up going there, I thought it was useful, yeah, to have a more updated version of, hey, what to sort of expect, even though every experience is going to be different. Mm-hmm. I don't remember the website name. I started it, but then I got busy. Um well, we can, we, we can provide a link later. Yeah. It's, it's like uh, the goal, the fo- the theme was like fish out of water, right? Because right. I have been in aquatics. Like before coaching, I was uh, aquatics manager, supervisor at the plant, at the Y. I've been in aquatics pr- since I was nine years old. And then I'm moving to a place that is an island, but nobody swims because it's freezing and <laughs> they don't have a pool. Yeah. So like over half of my life has been spent poolside and all of a sudden... I'm a fish out of water. There's no pool for me to like, there's yeah, that's that <laughs> safe zone wherever you go. Like it's joked that wherever I go, I find a pool and yeah. um, there is not a pool there. <laughs> you know, my whole life it's been swim or die where I'm going. <laughs> it's swim and die. <laughs> yeah. Like it's, uh, it's 
funny and it's well-meaning but so are well-intentioned but so many people are like oh you'll start a synchro team there and i'm like i really will not yeah there is there is no pool and people do not swim in the arctic ocean oh i thought none of it was next to haiti my bad that's all right i'm I'm going to be like filling the news feed with hashtag or island life and Mm -hmm. you know it'll be an arctic island next to all those fancy caribbean ones I like that you're doing the the blog thing. You know I love shit like that. And I'm an archivist by nature. So yeah, I'm like, kind of I'm gonna be needing your help on that and I think you know that. <laughs> well, I guess so. I guess if you'll have let me use our apartment as a podcast studio for two years. I should mention before before we before we wrap up, um that a couple months into recording Todd's Cafe episodes, which is which is simply just the name of podcasting here at this apartment uh, before the Coffeehouse crowd. Uh, a couple months into 2018, you brought a little furry bundle of joy into our lives that has also become a staple of the podcast. Luda! Jumping up on the table, <laughs> welcoming the guests. Our cat, Luda, Ludacris. We decided to name it after a quasi-popular rapper, <laughs> star of the Fast and Furious franchise. Um... What's the best part of having Luda in our lives? I think the company, right? Like it's, you know, it was hard for a while. Like our, both of our schedules were so opposite to each other. I'm sure you would agree with me. It Mm -hmm. was nice having that constant, like, okay, maybe my girlfriend's at school, but I've got the cat here and she cuddled with her hours ago and, you know, and vice versa. Like it was nice after coming home from school and you're away at work. Like, you know, I have this cat to hang out with versus, you know, me talking to the walls or something. Yeah. Well, every one of the guests has loved Luda. No one's been allergic to cats, thankfully. And she's a furry beast. I'm not a good host, and I don't warn them that there's a cat with fur really? everywhere. <laughs> I also don't ask what they want in their coffee before they get here. But I insist that no one get coffee on their way over. I'm like, I'll make coffee. And then sometimes I don't have it ready. I'm a horrible person. There aren't enough nice things I could say about you, babe. But I do love you very much. I want to say that on the mic. And I also want to say that to anyone who's a podcaster out there, if you want to put some hair on your ass, have your partner on the show. There is nothing not that bad. I'm not saying it's bad. I'm just saying like I'm I'm nervous. I want to do good for, for the listener and you. And it's who's to say which is more important in the moment of being on the mic. I like that um, colloquialism you use though, like hair on the ass. Yeah. Who wants a hairy ass? <laughs> I don't know. You know what? That's one of those things where I legit want to know where I got that from. Like I heard the word, I heard the word beguiling the other day and I'm like, where, where did I learn the word beguiling? I didn't seek that word out. It was on a Beastie Boy record. Um, and, and I think that they were using that word, bigger words to be ironic. Like, you know, people are like lice to ill, but like we use words like beguiling now. And that's where I learned it as a 12 year old listening to the record. But hair on your ass, I th- it had to have been from SNL. Like someone was like... So you learned from comedy again. <laughs> yeah. And I'm not even funny. But like everything I learned, I learned from comedy. Though to be fair, like satire, which is, you know, probably one of my favorite types of comedy is yeah. very based in politics and very based in news right yeah that's that's half that's how satire became a thing right like yeah. criticizing you know the politics du jour and being like what the hell mm-hmm. and that's been happening for like hundreds of years like way longer than 
you know, our current democratic system has been in place. Over my head. I'm just full of knowledge for you. (laughs) (laughs) I'm really good at trivia games. I'm not really good in real life. (laughs) (laughs) Well, to speak to the nervousness, there's a whole lot of wonderful people that you've brought into my life, including your delightful family, very giving, (laughs) generous, wonderful people. That's what I think. (laughs) I'm on the mic, so I'm delivering it like I'm phony, but... I, re- I really mean it. And, and all of your friends, because I'm thinking of like the audience of this episode. It's not a faceless crowd. <laughs> I, I've, they might listen to other episodes and I'm like, shit. <laughs> so I might as well. So like going forward, you should podcast like Katie's family is listening. <laughs> yeah, but What's the point then? Um, but no, I, I, I do. I do think highly of them. So if, if they're listening, do you want to shout out to anybody or are you going to hide this from them? <laughs> Um, I don't know. I've never been asked to shout out. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna wrap up the episode, and, and everyone's gonna ask, like, did you, did were you on were you on your boyfriend's podcast? Yeah, it's called the it's called the, the, the donut shack. <laughs> <laughs> no, I share all of your stuff. <laughs> uh, do you want to shout out to anyone, like your family <sighs> or people that? Yeah, shout out. You know, my family and I are very well. I'm very close with my family and. The fact that you've met all of them is a big deal. <laughs> yeah. No, um, shout out to my parents and my sister and yeah, Luda and you and my friends like, you know, Briar and Kathleen and mm-hmm. all the Katie's I know in my life because there's several. Yeah. <laughs> Katie's can smell their own. Yeah. Yeah. We're, we're a pack, right? Yeah. <laughs> you've met how many of my Katie friends? <laughs> yeah. 80. 80 Katie's. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Well, I don't know if uh, I don't know what this was like for you. It's neat for me as as a nerd, and uh, it's neat for me as as me. <laughs> and I'm looking at you. It seems to me like I have this partner that like is fearless. None of it. I'm excited. <laughs> like right right away before you did all your research, you're like, yeah, it looks good to me. I, I'm gonna peruse that option right now, but I'm moving towards it. Fearless. Fucking fearless. I already got the hair on my ass, metaphorically speaking. <laughs> and yet, I do know that you have a fear and that it is cockroaches. And the sight of what might have been something that looked like a cockroach was like you needed to be in a special room until you're recovered. <laughs> Just rock back and forth in the tub, all right? Just ice pack against your face. But it's all bugs uh, inside. Yeah. I'm cool with bugs in their natural habit, but I'm not cool with them when they enter mine. Right. They probably couldn't live where we're going. So that's good. That's false. There's a lot of bugs up there. Damn it. Why do you know stuff? <laughs> Your knowing yeah. stuff just made me upset about the future. Yeah. But I really like I going back to that Nunavut piece, like I wouldn't have accepted it if it wasn't you that supported it. Like yeah. you've been so supportive and it's scary and I'm not excited to go by myself for a bit. But you know, I, I'm sure you remember that conversation. Like I was like, I just got offered a job. And I wasn't sure if I was going to take it. And yeah. you were the one that was like, hey, like now is the time to do it. This is a great experience. Like, and I'm grateful. Obviously, it would be easier for me and for, for like anyone to just be like, oh, there's that same opportunity right next door. And that would have been preferable. But <laughs> I'm excited for the adventure. I, um, I'm taking cues from you as to how to react to the future of coldness. That's mainly it. Because you know me in the winter. But it's <laughs> the first thing my mom said when I told her we were going up north was Todd can't wear his flip flops anymore. <laughs> I like my sandals and flip flops. Because I'm shorts. Well, 
by the time that this goes up, um, the moment of right now, at the end of July, I'm, I'm leaving the, the factory. So where I'm used to hating the winter and be working in a refrigerator and being out at the worst hours of the night um, with wind chill colds, that's going to be like the end of my more negative association with the colder climates. <laughs> I, th- I think being a, being a part of um, where we're going is going to be different. It's going to be cold, but it's going to be a different life. Yeah, it's a different cold, right? Like down here, it's, well, you know how humid it is down here. It's just yeah. as humid in the winter, but we don't think of it that way, right? Like it's a wet cold. Yeah. Whereas up there, it'll be more of a dry cold. Um, I'm terrified for the 24-hour darkness in the, in the winter. So for those who don't know, um, like uh, where we're going is so far situated. It's so close to the pole that um, the solstices that like, you know, we celebrate here, but really has no, not a whole lot of meaning um, up there. Uh, they, the way that like they, yeah, the way that they're situated on the earth um, when it's rotating in the winter, we are so far away from the sun that they don't get daylight um, for about six to eight weeks. And then in the summer, it's the opposite. They're so close to the sun that they get 24 hours of sunlight. Mm. Um, and then in between, it's the days gradually change. So they go from 24 hours of daylight to like one hour or yeah. two, three, and it changes really rapidly. So you're a lot more aware of it. But again, I've never lived in 24 hour darkness and um, a lot of people have a hard time with that. Like even down here, people get the sads in the winter, right? Seasonal affective disorder is a thing. Um, So again, like the nerd, the person that I am, um, I did my research and I looked up stuff. I got a happy lamp, like a SAD lamp. um, And I'm going to try to keep myself engaged. And it's such community is such an important thing up there mm-hmm. being a part of something that like studies show that makes you feel better so getting involved in the community um definitely helps with that 24-hour darkness yeah hey if you've been enjoying todd's podcast consider checking out describing a rock with milo axelrod that's me you can find it wherever you get podcasts The show is exactly what it sounds like. A short escape from your busy life to slow down and consider a rock. I'm going to let you know, if you're listening, this is being recorded on the morning of July 26th, 2019. And... As of right now, after recording this podcast, Katie and I are going to continue and perhaps get pretty close to the end of emptying this apartment of stuff. Tomorrow morning, some friends of mine are going to be taking my furniture out, and uh, the official studio as it's been of this podcast, and me podcasting audio only for the last couple of years, that era is coming to an end. It's kind of a big deal. Are you going to go back to vlogging? <laughs> no. <laughs> Listen, anyone, most of my audience and people who make things that have been on the show are, you know, vlogging is a popular term. I don't even like it. I'm just teasing. I'm just remembering. Yeah. <laughs> Shout out to Mike. All right. Well, on that note, I'm going to end this for the third time because I don't know how to end. Sorry, I keep dragging it on. <laughs> no, 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 no. I'm getting my radio voice back in. Yeah. It's been a while since I've been behind a mic. 
but I do have a shout out. I thought about it. Okay. Um, shout out to all my synchro coaches who um, love when I'm behind a microphone. I'm behind a real live microphone again. I'm sorry I said the shit word. Yeah. So the story behind that, I'll, I'll share the context because you can edit it out later. Okay. Um, so in synchro, we coach... Well, the girls are underwater, and so everyone's always so jazzed by like, ooh, underwater speaker. You can hear underwater? What? <laughs> and um, we have microphones to talk to the kids underwater or to count or to, like, to yeah. do picking and stuff. And I love my microphone, but I get really loud behind it. Yeah. So they'll be so proud of me for not yelling behind this microphone um, to the point where like it was a joke within the coaches that once they're like, oh, Katie's on the mic. Like, we can't coach. She's so loud. Or like <laughs> someone would come and turn it down while I'm yelling at my kids underwater. And right. my poor kids underwater are like, we can't think you're invading our brains. <laughs> and I'd always be like, whenever they're underwater, I'm like, you can't hide from me. I'm here. <laughs> so like all my athletes from my master's athletes to my yeah. 10 and unders would be like, Katie, like cool it with the mic. <laughs> That's some Professor X shit. I love it. Yeah, it was, it was great. I'm like, I can see you. Water's clear. <laughs> <laughs> this is hurting you. No, way more than it's hurting me. Maybe uh, no one has made me laugh in my life harder than you have. Thanks for being on. I love you. I love you too. <laughs> Thanks for listening to another episode of The Todd Donald Show. Starring, produced, and edited by Todd Donald. The piano music in the rap is by J.P. Sunga, who you can find at jpsunga.com. The theme music is Mackie Alkino by William Chernoff. Find him at chernoff.band. And I'm Milo Axelrod, Todd's favorite bar none human voice. And I'm not bragging, he wrote this. If you'd like to hear more of my voice, check out my podcast, Describing a Rock in which I describe some rocks. You can find it wherever you listen to podcasts. Please support The Todd Donald Show by sharing it with anyone who might enjoy it. Follow and interact with at Todd Donald Show on Twitter and Instagram. And if you feel like going the extra mile on iTunes, please subscribe, rate, and review, preferably in its favor. Have a great day, friends. Thank you.